in 86. And M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Uh, what's your favorite poem? I like um, a suicide note in, in preface to a 20-volume suicide note Okay, by Mary Baraka. Okay, good. Shall I Do you want... read it now? Yeah, just the pre- if it's just a preface, yeah. I mean, this is a literary podcast, is it not? For Kelly Jones, born the 16th of May, 1959. Lately, I've become accustomed to the way the ground opens up and envelops me each time I go to walk the dog. Or the broad-edged, silly music the wind makes when I run for the bus. Things have come to that. And now each night I count the stars, and each night I get the same number. And when they will not come to be counted, I count the holes they leave. Nobody sings anymore. Looking at you. Because I told you not to sing. And then last night I tiptoed up to my daughter's room, and I heard her talking to someone. And when I opened the door, there was no one there. Only she on her knees peeking into her own clasped hands that was not the way i was expecting to start this podcast (laughs) you don't want to start it with contemporary poetry (laughs) no i do i liked it a lot (laughs) it was lovely uh does it have a bearing for you on this novel that we read today my friend um was this novel about the black art movement of the 1960s <laughs> probably knowing <laughs> and, and martin <laughs> how about we introduce ourselves should we just get right right down to fucking business okay hi hi and welcome and welcome to the babysitter's club club, club. a pocket was that a harmony i think so good a podcast in which i jack shepherd and i tanner greenery discuss the classic works of american novelist saint and Matthews Martin and the work of 1960s black arts movement poet Amiri Baraka. Yep. It's an open forum here. We're here to discuss anything as long as that thing has some direct bearing on the sitter's cycle, the Amiri cycle Baraka of sitters. Absolutely does not. We read a book today uh that was sad, man. I mean, I guess it depends on your attitudes towards you know, true love. Love in general. Yeah. The happiness two people share together. Whether love can die. If that's your thing, if you're into love and immortal happiness between two souls, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, a, this is a sad book. But if you hate love, if you hate happiness, if you hate joy, yeah. hearts, two hearts singing yeah. out together. As one? Yeah. This book is, is a positive delight to read if you hate those things. I was going to say we're spoiling... What happens in this book? But I think that's what this podcast is. We spoil the Babysitter's Club books one by one. Yeah, but also the Baby Nation saw this coming. Yeah. Because as we know... One in. One in, one out. One out. Three weeks ago, Bart and Christy got together. Mm-hmm. They're an item. They're blossoming love. And as we know, when one love begins, mm-hmm. one must end. Yeah, that's how Anne does it. It's a kind of fairness. It's a just universe that Anne it's is an the alien God of. fairness. Yeah. One in, one out. Like she will grant love and happiness, but I she guess, must take it away from someone else. Guess we should rip the bandit off and say what the title of the book was. Oh, let's say the title of the book. This week we read a book called Marianne versus Logan, and I I don't know. It was very tough. It was tough to get through. It was tough like, to get through. I want to say on record, I support Marianne. One hundred percent. Yeah, because the choices she made in this this was not just Marianne versus Logan. This was no Marianne versus male oppression. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, and all of the sinister forces that Logan is bringing to bear upon Marianne. Absolutely, these girls, Stony Brook, and the world. We can get into it. Oh, I certainly hope we can. What I'd like to do first is to describe. This novel. Are you sure? I think you... What have you been up to since last time we recorded? The fact... What do you mean? I don't know. Has anything happened? Anything interesting happened in your life? Yeah. 
I just I want to derail a little bit. You know, yeah. I want to fill some time. I want. <laughs> I was What's going, going to on say, in your life? You, you derailed me talking about the fact that you derail me. I was going to say that maybe the reason that we're diving right into things today uh-huh. is because you fucking started this pot podcast on a tangent. I gave you a full two minutes to read your favorite poem. It gave me great joy. I imagine a baby nation great joy. But now it's time to do the fucking work that the Lord has laid out for us to do, and that is to describe this novel. Okay. Okay. Fine. We're going to be done in half an hour, and then it's going to be like, (laughs) how do we make this into a 45-minute episode? I have so much to talk about today. There was so much content in this book. Jack, can I interrupt you? Oh, please. Let's get down to brass tacks. Great. <laughs> you want me to get to the point? You want me to start start uh, describing what happens? Please. Happened? Okay. Baby Nation, you know what happens here. I describe the book, then Tanner describes the book. We do it in different ways. I'm going to start right now. No objections? No. Okay. Trapped in a loveless relationship with a controlling and angry partner... Marianne Spear finds a wellspring of courage to take back her life in the last place she expected, the innocent wisdom of a four-year-old girl. This lyrical tale of lost love, broken dreams, and new hope in the unlikeliest of places makes an urgent, powerful, and heartbreaking case that sometimes the strongest thing you can do is walk away. Marianne versus Lord. Yeah. It was very brief, too. Yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling okay this week? <laughs> I got stuck at work doing some fucking thing. Huh. And I had literally five minutes to think about this. And that's this is what we ended up with. We All right? Somehow arrange it so you always get stuck at work with. <laughs> you liked it. Thing. It was concise. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> very brief. Very yeah. Right to the point. <laughs> and an excellent description of what happened in this novel. Yeah. Do you agree with the, the notion that I kind of tried to shoehorn in there that what actually happened here is that Marianne learned a lesson from Jenny Prezioso? Not re- I mean, she did. She literally says like, oh, and I learned a lesson that day. It's almost like you read the last 15 pages of this book and not any other part of this book. Yeah. Well, Baby Nation, we got a lot of Prezioso content today. Yeah. No, Mr. Prezioso goes the whole book. He gets a lot of speaking lines, yep. not a single mention of boys' basketball. I think he's really grown as a character. You know? <laughs> We've been with him on this arc. You know, He started as this one-dimensional character. All we knew about him, loves boys' basketball. Yeah. But now we've got this full image of a man with hopes and dreams. With and a family. Vulnerabilities. With two beautiful daughters. Yeah. Oh, D- spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get don't get carried away, Jack. Baby Nation is still yeah. You know, we gotta we gotta tease this stuff out a little bit. All right. Well, that, that, I guess that's that falls to you, my friend. Okay. Would you like to also describe this book? I suppose. Excellent. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put sixty seconds on what we like to call here the big bad clock, which is actually a large and wicked clock that I have here in our recording studio mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna it's wind... right next to the sun ray yep just currently <laughs> blaring its its sunny rays just basking in its sunny rays <laughs> right into both of our eyes you should maybe take a picture of just of the sun ray i don't know if it can be captured on film <laughs> i'm gonna put 60 seconds on the clock that we have here and during those 60 seconds you're gonna describe what happened in this book yep Everything. Every last fucking detail. Absolutely. Oh, man. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to start now. A plot. Preziosas have a new daughter. Her name is Andrea. B plot. Marianne and Logan break up. Um, I'm going to hit stop. Baby Nation, you may have noticed that that was only 10 seconds. And you, if you've been listening along for a long time, you may... also know that I will often take Tanner to task for not doing his job, uh-huh. but that's probably what happened in this book. <laughs> it was one of those books where just a couple things happen, and those yeah. are the things. 
those are the things that happen. I those mean, we can things. dig into them. Yeah. But two things happen in this book. A plot. Yeah. Preziosa's have a new kid. It's a little girl. Her name is Andrea. B plot. Marianne and Logan break up. Yeah. And they sure fucking break up. It seems yeah. pretty final. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. And I want to be more upset about it. I yeah. really do. But I saw this coming. Of course I saw this coming. Because Bart and Christy got together. Yeah. Yeah. I know how it works. Right. One in, one out. Well, and that raises another question, Mm -hmm. which is there's a new life in Stony Brook. So another life must end. Another life must be extinguished. The Preziosos have a new child. Do you want to take take bets? Who's on the out? Yeah. Anne could take anyone at any time. We we didn't see Mimi coming a mile off. We had no idea. Absolutely no idea. You know what I'm worried about? Ooh, Jack, you know what I'm worried about? You what? know what they've been teasing out a lot? Stacy. Stacy is having a hard time managing her diabetes. I've had this in my notes the last 10 books. And we haven't I don't think we've talked about it no. that much because it never happens. In the intro of the last 10 books, there was always a section when they're just like, oh, I'm describing my friends. Yeah. There's always a section where whatever babysitter, it doesn't matter, it's babysitter agnostic which is a technical term that I just came up with and I'm fairly proud of. It's babysitter agnostic who says... two words together. (laughs) It's hyphenated. (laughs) It's babysitter agnostic who says it, but no matter who is just kind of going through the motions of telling you what happens, the babysitter will say, and Stacy, she's really fashionable. She's from New York. She has diabetes and lately... Right. She does not seem well. You know what else they've been saying? She a lot does lately? not seem well. In those babysitter agnostic recaps? Yeah. Marianne's the only babysitter to have a boyfriend who's yeah. also in the club. His name is Logan. Yeah. Lately, they've been having a lot of troubles. Right. Last four or five books. Oh, boy. So, so we get we get Anne. We know someone if, has to die. If Tanner and I are right, Anne, Anne. we get another fucking prezioso child, uh-huh. which literally means another precious fucking child uh-huh and we lose stacy although when emily was adopted another member joined the thomas brewer household that was Nani, christy's grandmother she moved in to help with emily while watson and christy's mom are at work and to help run the household everyone just loves Nani. she's very special so i feel like that are you language saying, are you saying that Nani is like a kind of bread and brewer's yeast don't don't is something jack i see what you're doing what don't try cuz that's get, don't crazy try. to me that's insane to jack, me jack don't try to that get on board with the bread like, theory i see the the wheels turning in your head you're like i want to hop on this this fast moving train <laughs> everyone's so into bread's theory it's the hot new thing how do i get involved yeah no jack no what i'm saying is that nani the way they're talking about nani here is the way that they talked about mimi in every intro chapter until mimi was taken from us oh like everyone loves her she's the best yeah. she's just she's we've all got such a special relationship kicking, adding a lot of value what a great person yep. man wouldn't it be a bummer if she got hit by a truck so the odds on both stacy and nani yeah are going to be bad yikes um what a nightmare let's talk about wuthering heights Okay. <laughs> Wuthering Heights, as you know, and as if you'd been a little bit more generous with your 60-second description, uh, you might have mentioned, comes up a number of times in this novel. Comes up once. Uh-huh. Literally mentioned once. But fairly extensively. Nope. Marianne says, I was reading Wuthering Heights. It's one of my favorite books. Right. Full stop. The point here is that Anne, as she always does, is setting up a parallel. When Anne introduces another work of literature into a babysitter's club book, she wants us to think about the parallels. Yep. Okay. makes sense to me. So, what is the great relationship in Wuthering Heights? Is his name Heathcliff? Yep. Good. You got it. I'm dragging you in. I'm dragging you in, man. Heathcliff and Catherine. Yeah. Right? Yep. Catherine snubs him? Sure. They're... They're destined for each other. Yep. When Catherine snubs him for another man, mm-hmm. decides that it's not going to work out, even though there is a great passion that exists between them, he fucks off. Heathcliff does. Heathcliff does. Heathcliff fucks off 
doesn't come back for a while. When he does come back, something has changed about him. Particularly, he's got a lot of cash from somewhere. One reading of Wuthering Heights is that he made a deal with the devil. Logan, Snike in the Grass. Okay. Heathcliff. Okay. Deal with the devil. Yep. Can, can we find some common ground yes. to talk about this? Let's talk about Faust. Yes! <laughs> Dude, you son of a bitch. I also wrote down Faust. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, we're on the we are on the same page. Okay. So who's the Faustian character in this? Logan, Heathcliff, both um, of them. Logan is Mephistopheles. Ugh. Mary Anne is the Faustian character. Wow. Okay. Anne is doing something because we both found Faust here. Logan spent his entire book trying to tempt Mary Anne. Right. Like trying to appeal to her good graces trying to be like oh i'll i'll take you out to dinner i'll take you out skating look how great our relationship is logan is mephistopheles he's saying he's saying like the the dark the darkness has everything you need bow down to my great lord and i'll promise you i promise you the world and it fits with logan being a demon And Marianne is Faust. She's like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can devote myself to to Satan, to Lucifer. I, I'm a pious woman. Like, um, We should explain for new baby knees. New baby knees. <laughs> new baby knees. <laughs> for new baby bees, the fact that uh, there is a lot of evidence in these books that Logan has made a deal with the devil. Logan or is a devil. Is himself a devil. Right. And that is the point at issue here. I wrote, okay, listen, I just wrote down in my notes, Heathcliff equals Faust equals Logan. False. Catherine equals Faust equals Marianne. Well, I, I, I love that this is the terms upon which we were having this debate. Yeah. <laughs> which of the two protagonists of this novel is the more Faustian character? Yep, that's that's. How dare I can't believe you managed to do this. Where I can be pretty happy. How did you drag me down into this? <laughs> I'm in like the mud with you now. You made a deal with the devil, motherfucker. Oh. Can we go back to talking about Hanani? It might be bread. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you your fucking chance. <laughs> I gave you your chance, but we're now we're riding. Now we are riding, my friend. <sighs> okay, which version of Faust are we talking about? The Marlowe version. Dr. Faustus, are we talking about Goethe's? We're talking about Goethe, obviously. Okay, fine. Are we talking about Thomas Mann's? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know how many versions of Faust I've read? How many? Literally every single one. It is my favorite story of all time. That's a. Do you want to talk about it from a personal perspective? No. What is does it, weird? it mean about you? I just think it's a very good story. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's about choice and about this is something i've railed on about on this podcast over and over again it's about how the choices we make define who we are right that's faust yeah every single version of faust and marianne made a choice today yeah she did she made a choice she walked away right i can't help but feel though that she was the choice was guided by another someone guided her to that choice great well that is a perfect segue to my next topic which is cardinals like in the Catholic sense? In all of the fucking senses. <laughs> like directions? Here's a quote. Logan kept admiring the white frosted tree branches, the mounds of snow that were actually buried bushes, and icicles that hung from unlikely places. Once we saw a male cardinal fly from one tree to another, a splash of red against the gray sky. First of all, that is not Martinian prose, as no, we know that's, it. That's um. She didn't have somebody. She didn't have somebody who helped her prepare the manuscript this time. This book is too important. She came back. There's not a ghostwriter on this book. This is a Martin book. How do you know that? Because I looked at the fucking beginning, and there's no thanks to so and so. Let me go to the heavy reading section. Oh, I think she wrote this book, Jack. Anne wrote this book. Happy reading. It says so. It seemed reasonable to me. Right. That Marianne and Logan would break up at some point. Yeah. She did this. Anne did this. Yeah. No, Anne needed to come in because this is a waypoint. This book is a waypoint. This book is one is at one of the key moments where shit fucking goes down in the Babysitter's Club. And the Cardinal, to me, is a symbol of that. Like, that beautiful fucking passage that I just read, Yeah, that was written by Anne. Obviously, that was, like, what she wrote first, and then she built the book around it. Right. Cardinal 
is from the Latin, which means relating to the hinge. Okay, pretty boring so far. (laughs) A hinge and a door. This is a doorway. This is a waypoint. This is a moment. This is a moment where paths diverge. We have met this before in a previous book. We've talked about it. The still point of the turning world. The waypoint, a previous waypoint, is the Halloween hop. Yep. It's the dance. Yep. This is a book that is about that. It's about the Halloween hop. (laughs) It comes in. Okay, listen. Yep. There are four cardinal points. North. South. south, East. East. West. West. There are four cardinal signs. Capricorn and Cancer. Aries and Libra. I'm none of those. There are four. Are you any of those? I'm a Capricorn, and so is Logan. There are four cardinal virtues. Temperance, wisdom, justice, and courage. And when Marianne breaks up with Logan, yep. she thinks of three things. I pictured... Temperance. Please, yes, you're fucking right. <laughs> I pictured Logan and me wearing cat costumes to the Halloween hop. Uh-huh. I pictured us on a joint babysitting job for Jackie Radowski. That when they first met? And I remembered the first time I had spotted Logan in school when he was the new boy and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Those are three of four waypoints. What's the fourth? This book. This ending. What were the four virtues again? Temperance, wisdom, justice, and courage. Marianne has the courage to end things with Logan. Okay. That's this book. In this book. She has the temperance in cooling down things in her dating life. She calls him up and she's like, we need to cool down. We need to fucking find a little bit of temperance. Sure. She has the wisdom in seeing that the root of the problem is not her, but fucking Logan being a fucking asshole. Fine. And she has justice in speaking out against Logan's unfairness. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> Good. Okay. I think that because Marianne is the Faustian character in this... She is she is essentially just along for Logan's wild ride. You right. know? I think Logan did everything in his power to guide Marianne's path in all of this. To get out? I think to protect Marianne. Why would Logan want to protect Marianne? Because he doesn't he... want her to be caught up in the middle of anything explosive. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Well, Jack. Yeah. Let's think about What's the, what's the main point of tension in this book? What's everyone so afraid of? What's Jenny Prezioso afraid of? What's Logan afraid of? What's, what's happening in this book? They're afraid of being marginalized. They're afraid of what's coming. What's coming? Andrea Prezioso. Shit. You're not wrong. Logan does everything in his power to keep... In the beginning of the book, Marianne has a job right. to babysit for the Preziosos before Andrea's born. And Logan's just like, no, don't do that. Don't yeah. do it. You come out with me instead. And she's like, no, Logan, I can't. I have to go babysit the Prezioso. He's like, no, 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 definitely don't do that. Just come hang out with me instead. Shit. And then she goes and does it, and he's like, oh, well, um, okay, I'm changing my tactic then. I, you're already in too deep. Now what I need to do is just like make sure you're not a casualty in whatever happens next. I, I think that Andrea Preziosa yeah. might be like some kind of chosen one. I completely fell into Anne's trap reading this book and read it, read all of that as Anne is like kind of like maybe even overdoing. Logan is just trying to be controlling. He's trying to tell Marianne what is best. Yeah. He's trying to tell her that she shouldn't go do a babysitting job because she should like pay attention to him and go on a date with him. And like Logan's going to call her during the babysitting job because like he's bored and he doesn't respect But what her did boundaries. he call her and say? He was like, "Get out of there! Get out of there!" You're you're so fucking right. I like. I don't and then know. when she didn't, and then when she didn't, and she stuck around, he was yeah. like, "I I now realize that there's no way I can like keep her from being a part of this." Right. So what I can do is hope to like save her, save her from whatever happens. So, uh, I so how does this work? So Logan's now a positive figure. Logan is an agent of evil. Okay. He's a demon. Right. But he loves Marianne. Does he? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. That's why he needed to sacrifice himself. That's why he needed to drive her away to protect her. From what he was about to do. Yeah. From what he was bringing forth. The right. Prezioso baby. The child. Maybe. Andrea. I don't know. I don't know if he, this is something he's 
birthing. I don't know if this is a new like dark Lord or if this is like some kind of angel, if this is some kind of bright presence in the universe, who's going to like cause war with Logan and his kin. Oh my God. Either way, Marianne was being threatened with getting caught up in it. And Logan, because he loves her so much, just wanted to protect her. He had to push her away. Yeah. I did notice that shit fucking changed between them so fast. Everything was fine. Right. Logan was super caring and attentive, and now he's weird and oppressive and, like, pushing her to do stuff that she doesn't want and not listening to her needs. I Can I hit you with my Logan theory? Sure. Things fall apart in this book in a way that they haven't fallen apart before because Logan is kind of frantically going through the motions in their relationship where he's like, Marianne is looking forward to curling up and reading Wuthering Heights. Right. And Logan shows up at her door, and he's like, uh, actually, what happens today is we go ice skating. Let's have a, let's have a great time and go out ice skating. And he's just, like, got these, like, wide eyes, and he's frantically leading her around, like, oh, are we having fun? Uh, let's, uh, let's go get candy and, and buy candy and eat it together on the bench. Isn't this nice? And Marion's like, I'm actually really cold. Yeah, I have a theory about that. I think Logan was trying to freeze her. Okay, but to protect uh, whose whose theory are we talking about at the moment? Is it yours? I'm just dropping that one real quick. <laughs> I think he was attempting to freeze her in place. Okay, good. Do you think that pairs with my theory that we're actually talking about? Just right want to drop which it is the real theory quick. that just we're talking drop about. Drop it real quick. Okay, so baby nation. Yeah, Logan was probably trying to freeze Marianne. In Asterisk. Place. Yeah. Asterisk to what I was just talking about. Right. Logan was It may attempting. be the case, completely unfucking relatedly, yeah. that Logan was trying to freeze Marianne to protect her. Yes. Okay. No. Okay. We've got that on the books. Thank you. Great. I cede the floor. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Logan is frantically... Trying to go through the motions of a perfect date. Yeah, you already said that. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why I'm repeating it. Logan has done this a thousand times before. Logan exists. These girls. You're bringing Amber Theory into this. I'm bringing Amber Theory into this. Yeah. These girls, baby nation, baby boys, baby bees, baby girls, and baby people, you will know that these girls live the same year over and over and over. They rewrite the same year, the same experiences over and over. They never age beyond the age that they were. At book 10, I will remind you, which is called Logan Likes Marianne, the yep. first Logan book. Yep. We also know that Logan exists outside of time. Right. Imagine what it would be like to have a girlfriend that you loved and cared about but she's experiencing the same shit with you over and over and over again, and you remember it. It would get tiring. It would get tiring. You would just show up at your house. You'd be like, ugh, it's uh, December 19th. Um, I, this is the day that Marianne and I had the really nice ice skating excursion. And you show up, and you're like, okay, <laughs> here I am. Remember how we go ice skating today? Let's go <laughs> go and uh, do the ice skating thing. Right. And Marianne is like, why is this so weird? Some part of her is saying, this isn't going to work. Right. This is like her like soul is rebelling against doing this for the... It's like when you copy a JPEG too many times. Okay. It starts to get a little jittery. I was trying to... With soul is rebelling, I was trying to go for something a little bit more flowery. Oh, a like bit. a JPEG is like a soul. Uh-huh. When you copy it too many times, it starts it gets to a get... a little jittery. Okay. Good. Some artifacting. Okay. Good. Is that what you mean? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. That's for you tech heads out there. <laughs> uh, out there in- uh, JPEG is a is an image format. Yeah. Um, it stands for. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what it stands for? Do you know? I feel like I've looked it up before. Joint Photographic Experts Group, the committee that named it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you think? Do you agree with me? That, like, I feel like I'm reeling you in a little bit here. Logan exists out of time. He's repeating the same goddamn shit with Marianne over and over. That's what she's experiencing in this in this novel. Yeah, I'm into that. I think it it worries me, though, 
Because Logan is this powerful, corrupt influence. And I feel like Marianne was the only thing keeping him contained. Yeah, now he's a free agent. He's free to go. Oh, you know what he's free to do? What? Battle the forces of light as embodied by Andrea Prezioso. Oh, I see. I think this ties into my theory as well. Okay. That I like it. I Andrea like Prezioso is this this force of good. Right. She's going to be this angelic character. Boys basketball player. Sure. I mean, there like there is no way with a dad like Mr. Prezioso, even if you are the light bringer, if, even if you are the great hope for humankind, that you're not going to end up just also being a boys basketball player. I think Mr. Prezioso has obviously influenced Jenny Prezioso. Yeah. Because at the end of the book, Marianne is watching Jenny while Mr. and Mrs. Prezioso are at the hospital delivering Andrea. And they call and they're like, oh, it's it's a girl. Her name is Andrea. Please let Jenny know that she's going to have a little sister. Mm-hmm. And Marianne turns and is like, congratulations, Jenny. You're going to have a little sister. Her name's Andrea. And Jenny looks at her stone face and she's like, aren't you excited? She's like, no, I wanted a little brother. And then she stormed off. And the reason she wanted a little brother is because Mr. Prezioso oh. could not stop <laughs> talking. About boys basketball. About having like a good, strong basketball boy. <laughs> Oh, he must be so disappointed. I feel so fucking bad for his life. Hey, Jack. Yeah. Stop being so normative. Yeah. Okay. He can have a good, strong basketball girl. Great. Well, you know what? Andrea Preziosa, in addition to being this force of good and light in the universe, mm-hmm. is also going to be a hell of a girl's basketball player. That's great. And you know what Andrea means in Greek, right? Uh, yeah. No. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Does it actually? Uh, yeah. It means boy? Yeah. <laughs> like, think about Miss Andre. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't. Sure. Don't think about Miss Andre. <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> there's uh, there's a hot new word in this book. I want to talk about the word. Yeah. And then I want to talk about a thing that we haven't talked about in probably 40 episodes. Okay. The word mm-hmm. is acute. Yeah. And you know what it means? It means dibbly distant. It means cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've got the quote. Shall I just read it real quick? Yep. Claudia flopped onto her bed and leaned against the wall. She was looking especially acute that day. Acute means cool. My friends and I make up words all the time, and only we know what they mean. Distant and dibble also mean cool. Yeah. You got it all in there, scholastic lawyers. Anne was like, here's my manuscript. And the scholastic lawyers were like, no, it's not, Anne. (laughs) 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 We wrote something that... We crafted together yeah, as a committee. Right. And you're going to fucking put it in there. Jack. Yeah. It's been ages. Okay. Do you remember when we recorded episode, I can't remember, two or three? Um, and we talked about the power of male oppression in language? Yeah, man. And how the men of the BSC universe would use words and use language to control and suppress the girls? Yeah, I certainly do. The rule of the father. All of this nonsense, acute, mm-hmm. dibbly, distant, distant, mm-hmm. is the girls they're making their reasserting their control over language. Dude, yes. This is Helen Sixu. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's Helen Sixu. You got to make your own fucking language. Yeah. Like, language itself is built with patriarchal constraints inside it. And that's what they're doing. Throw it away and make your own fucking language. And what happens in this book? Dibble, distant, acute, stale. And Marianne overthrows the patriarchy. She throws him out. Can I read a passage for you? Please. Logan wanted me to be Logan's girl. And I didn't want to be anybody's girl. Ever. I may not be as independent as my sister, but I have rights and feelings like anyone else. I did not want to be owned. This is Marianne throwing off the yoke of male oppression. And I think Dibley, I think distant, yeah. and now I think acute. We're all the... the. This starts small. This starts yeah. with us, the babysitter's girls. Creating a discourse community. Yeah. I think they're creating yeah. a discourse community. They're building a new language. Yeah. Here's another quote from this book. 
after Logan hands Marianne a Valentine's bracelet that she doesn't really want because she's busy doing something else, the bracelet on my wrist felt as heavy as an iron chain. Powerful. Yeah. And you know what she does? You know what she does, Jack? She breaks that chain. She breaks the shackles of oppression. Yes. And she gives it back to Logan. At the end of the book, she takes that same iron shackle and she puts it back in his hand and says, no. Oh, it's such a no more. Yeah. No more. This is not acute. This is stale, Logan. Yeah, this is stale. And Logan's just sitting there like, uh, 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 what? Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. Not acute? Uh, well, I don't understand. I don't understand you anymore, Marianne. That's powerful, right. Powerful stuff. Because I speak a language of my own. I also found that a little sad. No. It was sad when they broke up. It was sad when they broke up. It, it was wasn't sad at all. It was, it was, it was difficult was... for me. It was like neither of them seemed very phased by it. Logan was just like, well, this is it, huh? And she's oh. like, yep. And he's like, goodbye. Goodbye. And she says, goodbye. Should we read that passage? Logan stopped talking when I stood up, took off one mitten, and reached into my pocket. From it, I pulled the heart bracelet that Logan had given me on Valentine's Day. Then I reached for Logan's hand, dropped the bracelet into it, and closed his fingers around the linked hearts. I can't keep this, I told him. You're serious, aren't you? Pretty good, <laughs> said Logan. Yes, I replied softly. Logan opened his hand. He looked at the bracelet coiled in it, then he looked back at me. I guess this means we're not, we're not. Logan had to stop speaking because his voice had choked up. Goodbye, Logan, I said. Goodbye, Marianne. <laughs> you make it sound like goofy. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> Said Logan. <laughs> anyway, that was a real sad moment. I wish we had a segment for that. Uh, it didn't make me cry. Did it make you, Jack? Yeah. Did you cry? <laughs> did I? I'm not going to introduce the topic okay. this week because I didn't have one because this book was, it was a powerful book, Jack. It was a celebration. Was this, was, this was Marianne reclaiming her individuality. Well. So no, I didn't cry. You know what I did? What? I beat my chest in pride. I said, yes! So you're saying you didn't have a... <gasps> Damn it! Wow, we really just bark it now. <laughs> just bark it out. Yeah, I think so. Here's what... Do you want to know what mine was? I don't have one. <laughs> Good. Here's my tearful moment. Logan got onto the bed and wrenched open the lattice, bursting as he pulled it into an uncontrollable passion of tears. Come in, come in, he sobbed. Marianne, do come. Oh, do once more. Oh, my heart's darling. Hear me this time, Marianne, at last. The specter showed a specter's ordinary caprice. It gave no sign of being, but the snow and wind whirled wildly through, even reaching my station and blowing out the light. It's just such a fucking Jack, powerful... Jack, Jack, Jack. Yeah. That's from Wuthering Heights. <laughs> 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 you got mixed up. I, <laughs> you got mixed up. That's what you did. That was from Wuthering Heights. Okay. You replaced... Catherine. Catherine with Marianne. You replaced Logan with Heathcliff. Yeah. I mean... They're basically the same fucking uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you Have you fucking come around now? I felt like you sat through that whole thing. <laughs> Being like, huh, oh, was it? I was trying was to remember that to... moment. I was like, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> the lattice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marianne does live in an old house. <laughs> it would have lattice. Uh, You've made a mistake, though. Yeah. That is from Wuthering Heights. It is a very sad it's, scene uh, from Wuthering Heights. Darling, come back. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Do you? Yes. <laughs> sad. <laughs> It's sad. It's so sad. <laughs> she, you know why she's not going to come back, right? Because mm. she fucking died. Yep. She died. Yeah. She's gone. Are you? Oh, Jack. Uh oh. Is this what Anna's doing? What are you saying to me right now? Mary Ann's odds in the death pool just went. Just went way up through the roof. You're oh. saying Mary Ann's dead. Yeah. You're saying Mary Ann can't be. Mary Ann has a history <gasps> of people just fucking dropping. Jack, she probably froze to death. Shit. Oh my god, she probably froze to death that day. Oh my god. Wait, is this a reading of this book? 
Marianne and Logan go on an ice skating trip. Marianne freezes to death, and then it's just like the last, the last memories of her brain. As it, as the, as the synapses all slowly crystallize, just like firing randomly. Oh, Marianne. It's. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. We'll have a lot less randomly bursting into tears in the Babysitters Club from here on out. Um, we have another hot segment. Actually, you know what? Let's not do the segment. You know what? We're, we're fucking formulaic. I just want to fucking talk to you like a human being. Here's and, what I want to talk no, about. No, no, no. No, I see you trying to take my goddamn burn from me, no, and I'm going to head you off at the no, pass. No, no. I want to talk to you like a human being. I just want to ask you a question like any man might ask another man a question. My question for you is as follows. Did you? <laughs> you can't trick me, Jack Shepard. <laughs> this week, have a... <gasps> I don't know how to do dubstep. <laughs> I don't know. What My burn of the week, Jack, yeah. is not just a burn of the week, yeah. but it's a strike against the patriarchy. Fucking hell. Wow. Should we do another? Should we do an intro for that? Did you have a... <laughs> strike against the patriarchy! <laughs> strike against the patriarchy! I honestly think we can make that into a regular segment. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Which adds to all this heartbreak and heartache between Logan and Marianne. Yeah. Christy is taking care of her brothers and sisters. David Michael immediately reached for red construction paper and a pair of safety scissors. He cut out a heart, took a black felt tip marker, and wrote on the heart, Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. (laughs) You look like a monkey. (laughs) And you smell like one, too. David Michael, exclaimed Christy. Who are you giving that to? Blair D'Angelo. He's a bully. He teases all the girls. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. We get no more info on this dude. He looks like a monkey. Yeah. He smells like one, too. You know what monkeys smell like, Jack? Poop. <laughs> Is that, do you have that on? I think monkeys do the thing where they poop in their hand and throw it at one another. Okay. So either they smell like their own poop. Right. Or another monkey's poop. <laughs> Which is arguably even worse. Probably both. <laughs> he smells like a monkey's poop. You look like a monkey. Already a good burn. And and you also smell like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Why do you why do you both look and smell like a monkey? Because you hurt and insult you women. Hurt and insult women. <laughs> good. And that that is as ugly a way of relating to the world as the physical and olfactory ugliness of monkeys. Yes. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a good burn. That's a good burn. Did you have one? Yeah. Was it as good as that one? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a... Striking against the patriarchy? It wasn't a striking against the patriarchy. I don't think. It's the following. It's the following tale. It is the following web that Anne Matthews Martin weaves for us. Mr. and Mrs. Prezioso are having a child. I'm aware. The one who was foretold. Sure. The light and the darkness. Mm-hmm. The light is coming out of the darkness. This is this kind is of a how weird you're way to talk your... about childbirth. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's also a weird way to introduce your burn of the week. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to get you to fucking pay attention because you're looking at your goddamn phone. I was looking at our Twitter account. Jack. Okay, and is that a thing that I like no. that you do when we're t- no. trying to have a conversation? No. So stop it. Okay. <laughs> do you want to talk about JPEGs, man? Okay. What's your uh let's let's go back now to JPEGs. Now you got me interested. <laughs> what does PNG stand for? <sighs> Good question. <laughs> Don't look it up, please, for the love of God. Do not look up PNG. Portable Networks Graphic. Okay, you heard it here first, Baby Nation. Now you know what JPEG stands for, and you know what fucking PNG stands for. Is this a new theory? <laughs> no. Photo format theory? I gave you a chance to Image talk about theory? bread. I gave you a chance to talk about bread, 
You, you barely gave me a you chance. Punted. You're like, you oh, know what you did? Wait. You like, no, 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 you no, did no, this no, very no, poor no, no. like aping of mine. I was like, oh, non-white bread, and you're like, oh, uh, nani bread. It's like, yeah, Jack, we know nani. Get nani it? We get it. Brewer, brewer's yeast. There's something there. Let's dive in. No, <laughs> we're talking about my burn of the week. The preziosos, you motherfucker. Prezioso sounds like pretzels. <laughs> Nobody likes bread theory. Nobody likes it. Everyone <laughs> loves bread theory. The Brezios are having a child. I know, Jack. You've said this like ten times. They, in the moment that Mrs. Prezioso, her water breaks, as which is natural, it's a natural thing that happens. They need to, <laughs> they need to rush to the hospital. Mr. Prezioso makes some calls to see if Jenny can get babysat. Mm-hmm. He lands on Jesse. As you can tell, Jesse was ecstatic over her unexpected sitting job. Jenny is not one of her favorite sitting charges, but new babies are exciting. And besides, Mr. P really did need someone to come over quickly. So Jesse's Aunt Cecilia drove her to the Preziosos. Jesse knew that accepting this job without consulting Christy or the other club members was okay. It was an emergency. Besides, Mr. P had said over the phone, your friends are either out already or their lines are busy. Uh-huh. Mr. Prezioso called every single fucking babysitter <laughs> other than Jesse. <laughs> and then admitted it to And her. then admitted it. I'm so honored that I'm your first choice. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, don't worry. I talked to literally, I talked to Shannon Kilborn. Yeah. Yeah, Logan Bruno is busy with some crazy fucking shit that I can't even describe. He keeps talking about the the light coming out of the darkness. Jesse, we really need you. Unfortunately, Christy, Don, Marianne, Mallory, Stacy, Claudia, and Claudia are all fucking busy right now. But like, oh man, of the Babysitters Club, you were my I passed tenth choice. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So that was my burn of the week. It's a good one. What's our time look like right now? Uh, We're we're in good shape. Do you want to know about a new faction? Wait, there's a new faction? Yep. Are you sure? Yeah. Should I worry about it? Okay, kiddo. I said, outdoors. Why? Because you have a lot of energy to get rid of, and I'm going to teach you a new game. It's really fun and funny. What's it called? Asked Jenny suspiciously. It's called Flamingo Fight. (laughs) Yep. This is not a new faction. Oh, oh, okay. This is Anne passing down new information about the Wandering Frog people. Well, what you do in Flamingo Fight is try to make the other person fall down. If you can do that, you win. But there are some rules. You have to tie a scarf around your face so that you can't see. Then we call out to each other so that I know where you are and you know where I am. We try to bump into each other. If I make you fall down, I'm the winner. We just hop and bump around in the darkness. That's the important thing. New mechanic. Right. Here's what it is. Okay. If you are presented with a wandering frog person, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity mm-hmm. to demand satisfaction. As in a duel. As in a duel. Mm-hmm. You and your opponent may... Engage in a flamingo fight. S- yes. Okay. If you lose the flamingo fight, you have to graciously accept the wandering frog person. Back onto your own person. Yes. So... To deal with at your... Leisure. What is the circumstances under which one can call a flamingo fight? If you are still in the presence of the person who has given you the wandering frog person, right. you may call a flamingo fight. Okay. If you are not in that person's presence, mm-hmm. this rule is void. Okay. Does that make sense? So, if I'm reading you correctly, what you're saying is, if someone presents you with a wandering frog person, and yes. you recognize that that's what's happening... And you are still in their company. And you are still in their company, you can, in that moment, before the frog person has been revealed... Initiate a flamingo fight. But, mm-hmm. should you <laughs> initiate a flamingo fight yep. when a wandering frog person is not being presented to you, oh, you... Must accept a wandering the wandering frog, frog, person. frog person with humility. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, excellent. I think that's the thing. Whew. And you tried, you 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 hit it deep, and but we found it. We found it. We found it in there. We knew it was in there. 
Well, new listeners, I hope you uh, took a lot of that on board. Well, they should. It's a new mechanic <laughs> in this game. This podcast isn't even about the Babysitter's Club anymore. The Babysitter's Club is a delivery mechanism for the Wandering Frog people rules and mechanics. Hard agree. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Motherfuckers, we're going home. Don't call Baby Nation motherfuckers. My friends. My beloveds. My beloveds. I love you and I kiss you so much. Me too. I both love and kiss you and a lot. You're looking me right in the eyes when you say that. <laughs> How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel warm? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everybody, I like I love you, I kiss you, all of those things. I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenery. This week we read a book called Marianne versus Logan. Next week we're reading a book that is called Jesse and the Dance School Phantom. Ooh. <laughs> I like how mysterious all these books are getting now. Yeah, shit is getting mysterious as hell. Um, we're going to learn about Jesse and the Dance School Phantom next week. Until then, until then, please rate, review, subscribe. It makes a world of difference. Thank you to everybody who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed so far. Like ear holes mm-hmm. in the babysitters club universe mm-hmm. this is our only form of currency this is it yeah we need your ratings we need your reviews we need your subscriptions mm-hmm. and your love obviously we like that too yeah that's nice until then i've been jack shepherd you've been tanner green ring <gasps> claudia is wearing a bra now and the way she talks you would think that boys had just been invented <laughs> We're testing the microphones, my friend. Hey, I'm I'm gonna be back here today. Nope, I need you to I need you to get up get up on the old mic. Yeah, I'll be back here. <laughs> Got a lot a lot of hot content that I need to talk Turn about today. No, that's not how it works. Get back get in front of your mic. Okay. Say something. Don't sing. Do not sing. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs>